Hello and welcome to Good But Ugly. I'm your host, Kwe Shikutu of FundYourFuture.info. Forbes reported that the United States spends more per student on colleges and universities than virtually every other country in the developed world. According to the latest statistics released by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, other free college nations have even lower spending. The reason is simple math. When universities spend less, it's easier for governments to cover their costs. To lower tuition in America, governments could abolish tuition at public colleges and universities, but the international experience suggests that institutions would need to accept large budget cuts in order to make such a scheme fiscally tenable. Alternatively, Congress could rein in the blank check federal student aid programs that facilitated tuition increases in the first place, forcing colleges to live within students' and taxpayers' means. Both approaches require institutions to spend less. Serious reform of the United States higher education system will find it difficult to avoid addressing the fact that American colleges simply spend too much. In the U.S., college is so expensive that many have to go into debt just to afford it. According to an Insider article comparing the cost of college in 28 countries around the world, the United States has the highest average tuition fees for both public and private institutions at the bachelor level. To apply for college aid, students need to create a Federal Student Aid ID, or FSA ID, which is a user and username and password combination where their legal name, date of birth, and social security number is verified by the Social Security Administration. The free application for Federal Student Aid, or FAFSA, needs to be completed every year and covers three semesters. A FAFSA year begins July 1st and ends June 30th the following year. When you submit the FAFSA, you are applying to three federal student aid programs, the Pell Grant, Work Study, and Student Loans. Of those three, Pell Grant and Work Study are need-based. The FAFSA determines need by the numbers you enter for income, assets, household size, and federal benefits. For dependent students, the application has to be signed by both student and parent via the FSA ID or by mailing in the parent signature page. Information on your FAFSA is then verified by federal databases including the IRS, Social Security Administration, Selective Service, Department of Corrections, Department of Homeland Security, Department of Veteran Affairs, and Department of Defense. I guess the reasoning behind FAFSA simplification is, if more students successfully submit the form, the hope is that more high school graduates will enroll in college, which still doesn't lower the cost of a college degree. This past June, the Office of Federal Student Aid announced that the FAFSA Simplification Act, which was passed by Congress in December 2020, will be fully implemented by the 2024-25 award year rather than the 2023-24 as Congress intended. Federal Student Aid further explained that the delay will help manage the development timelines, processing guidance updates, and communication requirements generated by these extensive changes. So far, we know that changes to be implemented for this 2021-22 school year include repeal of the subsidized usage limit applies requirements and not requiring male students to register for selective service or be affected by the drug conviction question. In addition to conducting a public awareness campaign, let's jump into some of the updates to financial aid. 
A link to full updates will be provided in the description. For starters, FAFSA questions will be reduced from 108 to 36. That's 72 less questions, which will definitely decrease the time for students to complete. Completely random, but every one of my doctors from primary care to my therapist dreads how intrusive the FAFSA application can be from a parent perspective. FAFSA will now be accessible technologically and through common languages. A major barrier to accessibility was FAFSA was only available in English and Spanish. The new form will be available in 11 languages. The EFC, or Expected Family Contribution, will be replaced by the Student Aid Index, or SAI. The new formula establishes the lowest possible SAI at negative 1500 compared to zero of the EFC. The EFC is what financial aid offices use to determine a student's need for aid. In the past, the EFC was calculated based on income, assets, family household size, members in college, and federal benefits. The EFC misled parents into thinking what they had to pay for college when the real figure was significantly higher. The new name attempts to correct the assumption that the EFC is what your family can contribute. New Pell eligibility guidelines will only use three variables which are income, family size, and family type. Current FAFSA requires everyone to answer the asset questions. The changes will exempt applicants if they are one, non-tax filers, two, if their adjusted gross income is less than 60,000, or three, if they receive a means-tested benefit like SNAP or food stamps in the past two years. Pell Grant eligibility will be simplified and now awarded to students who fall below tax filing thresholds. So maximum Pell will also be awarded to single adjusted gross income below 225% of the poverty guidelines or 175% for married folks. Pell Grants will be restored to incarcerated students and extended to students who were unable to complete their program because the school closed or if their loans were discharged under the borrower defense to repayment. FAFSA simplification also adjusts the cost of attendance. So the housing allowance can no longer be set to zero for students living at home with parents. Meal plans must also assume that students are receiving three meals a day. Cost of attendance must also include the cost of obtaining a professional license, certification, or professional credential. The next update is tricky. There will be changes to a law regarding divorced or separated parents where the current standard was the parent you lived with more during the past 12 months, months which is described as a loophole regularly exploited by divorced and single parents. Under the new law, the parent who provides more financial aid support or more financial support will be the parent required to report income and assets on the FAFSA. Honestly speaking, there is no way to regulate this information. A biological or adoptive parent is a parent is a parent is a parent is a parent. Okay, moving on. Money received or paid on your behalf or a grandparent-owned 529 workers' compensation and veteran educational benefits will no longer be reported as untaxed student income. One of the most significant changes are colleges and financial aid administrators can no longer have a policy of denying financial aid appeals. 
Authority of financial aid administrators will be expanded to exercise professional judgment and consider a broader range of special circumstances, including natural disasters, national emergencies, recession or economic downturn, substantial losses in business investments and real estate. Changes also reduce barriers for homeless and foster youth to access federal financial aid by expanding the list of persons who can verify the status of homeless and unaccompanied youth, and also by clarifying the documentation retention and how administrators document of independence for students who submit a FAFSA without parental information. So in the past, only school district homeless liaison and homeless shelter directors could verify homeless status. When I worked for a for-profit school, we 100% accepted handwritten letters from friends and family members to prove students were in transition, which shouldn't require a law to authorize. All right, moving on. I think one of my favorite updates to FAFSA simplification is the amendment of the definition of an independent student to include situations where one, the student is unable to contact the parent or two, where contacting the parent would pose a risk to the student. And last but not least, the Simplification Act will forgive the debt balance on all HBCU capital financing loans. Well. There are still two, possibly three years, according to the recent reports of a delay, until full FAFSA simplification is implemented. Students still have to answer 108 questions on the dreaded FAFSA form. The application process has deterred students from getting aid and going to college even way before the move to online classes, you know, leading students to question the value of paying for college. According to Forbes, to put tuition increase in comparison to other industries that have been critiqued for rising costs, higher education tuition has outpaced healthcare costs twofold over the past few decades. Price acts as a real barrier to both college enrollment and completion rates. Higher education that is more work aligned with direct routes to fast growing jobs is the key to unlocking the value proposition of college today and in the future. Remember, there is no correlation between tuition price and alumni satisfaction ratings with their education. The ultimate value in higher education doesn't come from an institution's price tag. To stay in the know as FAFSA updates unfold, please visit fundyourfuture.info or follow me on Instagram or Twitter at F-U-N-D-Y-R-F-U-T-U-R-E. Thank you all for spending your time with me and stay safe.